You're listening to the iFanboy Pick a Week Podcast, episode 354, brought to you by Seagate, GoFlex, Satellite, New York Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners like you. Fanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast episode 354. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And sitting in for Morrison Con planning, Ron Richards is the internet's Paul Montgomery. Uh huh. How are you, Paul? Great. Thank Let's you for sitting in for Ron, who is now in Las Vegas. Hopefully, not I gave him a fiver money. to up uh, everything on red. <laughs> Let it ride. Awesome. So you, you would go with the red because then you only get a two-to-one payback. Whereas if you go for a number, obviously it's one in 36, but big payoff. I actually told Neesman to put five on black, so, so either I'll be way. fine. Yeah. I played roulette once, and I did not lose my shirt. We are fanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. If we can read a bunch of comics, one of us picks the best one they read, writes about the website, talk about the podcast, along with other books of the week and other comic book topics of interest, and, before, and sometimes history, but not this week. This week. No history. It's all about science this week. <laughs> history and science. I got my periodic table out. Yeah, be- before we got to the show, a quick reminder and warning. It's a review show, so we'll spoil things. Uh, what can we spoil this week? Anything right off the top? Uh, well, we can talk about Sons of Anarchy. No. Uh, before, so <laughs> if you haven't watched the show or you haven't listened to the show or you haven't watched Sons of Anarchy, pause it, come back. Uh, you don't want to be spoiled. I'm, prob- and, I'm uh, probably not going to spoil Sons of Anarchy. Everyone should watch out for herpes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm totally going to spoil Popeye for everybody later on. Okay. Ooh. This week, Josh had to pick. Man, I... You went out on the limb again. I read so many comic books this week. I mean, I really, like, I went... I went. I, th- I would say above and beyond, especially sort of what I normally read. And I tried a bunch of stuff out. I've been really enjoying sort of the little dips of my toe into the DC Zero issues. I, I read a lot of stuff. And I got to the end. I had one book left to read, and it was Fury Max number six. And if you've been following along, Fury Max uh, number three and four have both been picks of the week. And I think that when number five came out, Ron had the pick. And if he hadn't, it would have also been pick of the week. It's been in a series where every issue could have very easily been picked up. This is what I'm saying. And I was like, ah, I know what's going to happen when I read this. So I start reading it. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, a couple of pages. I'm like, maybe this isn't that that, that very good one. Maybe this is. And then I was like, no, no, it's it's very good again. It's it's a it's a very good comic book and and I guess the the first the 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 reason that made me pick this issue the thing that, that I was thinking about this one is that um it it just to bring you up to up to speed on the history of it they're in uh, Cuba during the Bay of Pigs invasion and Fury and his his two man team are tasked with with assassinating Castro it goes wrong and they get captured that brings us to the beginning of the issue um and there's a there's a bit where the the Cubans are trying to uh, get information from them and they're torturing um, one of the guys and uh, you know they're not going they're not going to say anything it's this sort of you know god love and country duty you know the, the men will be tough they won't say anything and it it really reminded me of preacher and and once i got off on that i w- i started thinking about preacher is is for those of you not this is my favorite uh, comic book series of all time i can i think i can officially say that i have been for a little while uh, there's nothing in comics that I've enjoyed more than Preacher in pretty much anything, really. Movies, whatever. It's it's mine now too. Really, uh, having just read it this year, it's really That's that high. I mainlined the whole thing, and it's now it's now my favorite thing. Nothing touches that. I right. Think. I never it, would have predicted that for Paul. I love it. I I, I wouldn't either. That's why it took me so long to read it. But and yeah. and one of the things that, that about this is just it had that that sense of duty that there's a there's a sort of it's a fictional machismo but it definitely is like this is what a man does and i'm not like that i'm not i'm no i'm not an ernest hemingway convert but it it it's attractive to me it, it appeals to me especially in in a, a a fictional sense and uh there was there was just he ennis does that really really well he does that tough soldier you're doing this because it's the right thing to do because it's your duty um, and, and that's what, what Nick Fury is in this. And, uh, in a way that he isn't in sort of Marvel universe books in Marvel universe books, he's the guy who he's almost omnipotent. He's the guy who doesn't really have any powers, but he knows everything that's going on. He's one step ahead of everybody. And he's just always got that trick up his sleeve. This is a different thing. This is a guy who, who is just, 
through sheer willpower and 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 sort of strength of his character is is the toughest guy in the room at all times um which is basically garth ennis's thing um, which he does so well and i think that's yeah. that's what's really attractive about it uh, with any story like that you mm-hmm. you like to follow people who are very good at what they do and and they're not going to always win clearly fury doesn't always win even though he survives each time in fact, I think you could say he loses each time, even though he survives. I, I don't believe he's won any of these. No. Uh, you know, so then they they go out to a dock, and and they're like, okay, the, the, basically the captives figured, hey, they're not going to kill us; they're just going to put us on a show trial. Turns out not the case. They threw them in heavily shark infested waters, and the violence in this is actually sort of cartoony, but it, it isn't played up for humor quite in the way that it is in Preacher. Preacher's a little cartoony in its humor, although it's it's it hits you with emotional punches uh, differently than this. Um, yeah. but. It was it was just it was just a great issue and the, sort of the the acceptance of of the of the horrors of the world that that Fury sort of deals with it you know in this I just really like the way it's done and I just started thinking about the way that Ennis writes and what he does and he there's very little excess in this it's very there's not a lot of talking there's not a lot of explaining there's no narration boxes a lot of it's done through you know very little dialogue and and a bit of cartooning and and um, then the other side of this is when Ennis has the right kind of cartoonist working with him, the right kind of comic book artist, uh, as we saw with Preacher and we've seen with, with other things, uh, it really brings out the best of him. And the more that I read this and the more that I've seen Goran Parloff, you know, draw, uh, you know, his stories, the, the more that it just it just feels it feels very right in a way that that like Steve Dillon on paper. If you were to just sort of look at the drawings, they're not actually all that impressive. But when you start reading the story that those drawings make up, then you see where his real skill is. Um, I, don't know, I would disagree that they're not impressive okay. on their own. But um, the only the only problem, I lo- and I love this issue. The only problem I had, I thought their escape was really too easy. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I think that ultimately didn't really matter because I I really was, liked the setup of the escape with that that sort of one panel that that sort of alluded to you know old man in the sea. It was like here's a boat. I have a knife. There are sharks. You know. Sure, and I I, don't, I think ultimately it doesn't matter because it's about these guys in the situation and it's about what happens in the boat after they escape and it's about you know. You know, ripping a guy's lip off with your tongue, with your teeth. But yes, um, it, it's wonderful, and it's come out of nowhere. You know, I know people are sick of us talking about it, but I don't care because it's so fantastic. And I, I could have easily made this my pick of the week. I don't know if I did. I don't remember what I did at all. If I did one at all, but um, each issue is 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 just as good as the last, and it builds. It's it building. I mean, we're going through history with Fury. Next stop is Vietnam in in December. We have, so we have to wait a few months for the next one. What, um, what was really cool about this too was that the sort of last sequence where where the thing that happened was was relatively wordless, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just a soldier looking at another soldier and knowing what they mean, and they they don't need to explain it, and it's it's you know making the tough choice, and and the Hatherly sort of is the the everyman in that situation, the guy who would react normally. He's, he's the idealist soldier. Yeah, you know, he, he yeah, wants to be doing it. good, but doesn't accept the horrors of reality, especially in a war scenario, and. Uh, doesn't take them lightly, and it's good. And I think the whole subplot we didn't talk about with this, with the senator, mm-hmm. who tried to set up the Bay of Pigs with the Cuban exiles, and then sort of bolted out the back door when it went wrong, leaving his wife with these angry angry Cubans was you know I, I enjoy this ongoing subplot with these mm-hmm. with this character. Um, they seem to be setting up some sort of Kennedy assassination thing. Whether that'll be that'll be uh, dealt with or not in the Vietnam section is. Uh, question, but uh, well, I was promised no history on this episode. You're right. I switched. I switched back to history. Whoa! But all right. uh, it's Can hard a question to in a book that takes place all through history. Yes. Um, do you guys find these Max books more exciting because, on you know, at least editorially speaking, like anything can happen, and that's maybe not the case with the mainstream superhero titles for me it's almost so this the, is a regular nick fury book it's almost the opposite in that this can actually just it's not that anything can happen it's that they get to tell the story and there's no chance that iron man is going to fly in and derail it because of an editorial event mm. if that makes sense like yeah, sure. you can tell them and this is a lot more f- freedom which i think is is part of the appeal you know it's not so much that nick fury might die because he's not because the book opens with him as an old man in the future okay but uh three it's fours that, it's that he can do whatever he wants with these stories and these characters and not be constrained by anything. And you get, you get a much more realistic story in that way. And he's telling his story that exists in the middle of what is real history. And while the names aren't real, the sort of intentions of, you know, the politicians involved in the, in the sides of Bay of Pigs, we're far enough away from the Bay of Pigs now that a lot of people probably don't know very much about it. 
So if you're interested in history, this all checks out for the most part. And if you're not, it was a madman. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really big deal uh, for those of you. not People paying. were scared. For those yeah. of you born in the gone. 80s and later, um, it was a really big deal. <laughs> um, and it, it affects our policy today. And, and, and like the thing is, is Ennis is on top of being able to do emotional beats really well and knowing military history really knows history history very well. Like his 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 history is really strong and his respect for it. And that comes through in the book. And I think that's another thing that I like about it. And his respect for the men who waged the war. Absolutely. It's, it's, there's nothing that's, there's nothing not wonderful about these books. And it's basically, and it's finding another way to do some more war comics, but also through the filter of not so much about war itself, but history and the history of war and using fury as a great, fury is a great character in which to tell these stories through. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you can say Fury and this Fury doesn't make me think of Sam Jackson at all. But then you can go to the other books or, or the movie and be like, oh, that's Fury there. And uh, he's actually proving to be very malleable. Uh, in, in he's, he's a great character in that way because he does, he does exist in history. Yeah, that's really nice. So, uh, you know, th- there, was, there, was, there was no choice to it. I'm, I'm, I, I really did try for variety. But, um, you know, it, at the end of the day, that's, that book was a great book. So. So this is the final week of the DC Zero issues telling the past stories of the current characters. And uh, a lot of books this week. Uh, let's let's yeah. highlight a couple. Um, Jonah Hex Zero, which is right on top of my stack, so we'll start with that one, was basically telling retelling the story of young Jonah Hex. And this, Josh, I know will love this because this is basically like the old series. I was very excited to yeah. get, get out of Gotham and go back. Um, I, I felt, I, I liked this a lot. The first few pages with the sort of really hardcore dad stuff. Um, I was like, all right, it's, we're back. Some um, great domestic violence. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, then as we sort of get into the Apache stuff, I felt like I'd, I'd read some of this and not unrecently, un- but I, it was probably, it's probably been a few years, but, and it's, it's clear that they've, they've also written it, you know, recently cause they don't really go into great detail with it. Yeah. It's, this is kind of written, you know, with, um, past fans of the Jonah Hex, you know, the yeah. original series in mind. It was kind because... of a recap of what I, I already sort of read. But also for the new fan, I mean, there's a lot more people sure. reading yeah, it before. So this is also keeping the new fans in mind as well. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a little bit odd how like there there are some scenes that are really fleshed out like the opening scene um, with the battery that that Josh really enjoyed because um, that's his thing. But um, but then also that but then you get into that the is, stuff that is my you, thing. <laughs> but then you get into the the Apaches and sort of like glossed over like things happen in two or three panels instead of you know three or four yeah. pages. So the pacing is a little bit odd. But uh, the Moritat art is beautiful. I love the coloring in this book. Nice colors. Um, there's a great Confederate um, uh, Burt Reynolds in here. <laughs> um, if you look for them, and um, it's it's neat. It's interesting. This it switches from uh, Moritat to uh, Pia Guerra, I believe. Does in the last few pages, it's she's not listed as an artist, but she's listed as special thanks. So I don't know if she's just that she last page does look it? like Pia oh, Guerra. Look at that. It's the, all the Gotham stuff. Like I was like when it when it switched, I was like, wait a minute, this is a little. And so I don't know if it's a mix. Or if it's just Pia Guerra, but it's weird that she's not listed as. You're right. All the guy stuff artist. is does look a lot like White Last Man. Huh. So hmm. kind of an interesting, but it's. I mean, it's not. It's. It's only. It it, it. 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 works because it's jumping from the flashback to the present. Yeah. I mean, it, it was okay. It was a little like I. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And going back, but I was. I'm kind of tired of the Gotham stuff. I don't find it as much fun. I ain't got yeah. no mind for no jabber. Um, true. Let's talk about a couple of high-profile ones. Talon number zero came out, which is the first ish time we've seen this new series. From uh, Scott Snyder's doing the plotting with James Tinney and the fourth. James Tinney and the fourth really doing the writing with Guillaume March on on pencils. And uh, I quite enjoyed this. Paul, did you read this? Yeah, um, I was delighted to see an escape artist, which, as you know, is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just I don't know one of my favorite literary. How kind do you feel of, about uh, naked trip. escape artists? Because there was a lot of that too. Well, that's you know some extra. That's, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, it's good. It's it's sort of it's um I I kind of want to see where this all goes in issue one. Um, it's a little early, but um, it's you know and it's it's an origin story. So I want to see what the the regular book is going to be like from month to month. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to come back next month. Does this make me cranky? But are owls getting to be a little Norman Osborny? Not, re- not really in the Alice. Batman book because he's oh. it's only really in the Snyder stuff. Okay, fair it's enough. It's not in any of the other Batman books. Um, so I feel like this, I, this, I think this... they have the potential to get that way. Yes. But, um, it's just, but it's I mean, been a long time. 
But I mean, and that's I feel like they're still replaced. only scratching the surface. But I mean, next month, Joker. So I bet the owls are going to go around. away. Well, sure. But. I mean, do you do you do you feel that way about like AIM or people like no, that? No, because they, because AIM is hilarious. Right. <laughs> look at look at their hats. <laughs> now, Paul, Superman Zero. You're the Superman. Oh, yours. You and I are the big Superman fans around here. Um, Superman was disastrously relaunched. And with the new 52, now we've got the new creative team of Scott Lobdell and Kenneth Rocafort moved over from Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, what did you think? And my grimace could be heard around the world when that <laughs> announcement was made. Um, I don't know. It, it pains me to not be reading a Superman book because I'm not even reading action at this point anymore. So, um, but, it's, but it's not like I'm going to keep reading it just until it gets good. Sure. So, uh, But I wanted to check it out with the new creative team. Um, Kenneth Rocafort, not really my – I mean I uh, – I, I like his art sometimes, but not really my pick for a Superman book, just tonally. Um, but this it, it kind of works in places here because it's old Krypton and it's really designy stuff. Um, it, it sometimes gets a little bit too noisy with the design choices and the sharp edges, and um, it's it's a little over designed, I think. But um, it's it's interesting. It's a Jor-El story. I always like a Jor-El story. Um, I'll try the first one out. There's an, a neat little twist here that Kal-El is, was on Krypton watching what was going on with his dad in the final days. Um, so there's some kind of time travel stuff going on, I guess. So hmm. I'll try out the next one. We'll see. I don't have really high hopes for it. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't either. I think Lobdell, I, as much as I enjoyed his first issues... <laughs> Which I did the Superboy issue I liked a lot and yeah uh, some other stuff uh, he is quickly become stuff I'm not interested in reading um, yeah it's not it's just it's not the tone that I want for a Superman book but I will give the first issue a try I did quite like the way Rocafort drew Kal El at the end page. yeah so we'll see um, can we yes? can we briefly talk about uh, Justice League Dark number zero I was gonna jump to one more Scott Lobdell book quick oh, before go for we're it. done yeah, do that um, Teen Titans zero. Oh. The much the much heralded uh, oh, no. of, of Tim Drake. Did anyone else read this? No. How did it go? You, you told me to, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, I looked I at it, and I Tim. went, "I, I just, love I can't, Tim. I can't, I can't do this." It's it's no lonely place of dying, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Says the old man. It's 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 just weird. I mean, they seem to be, as much as they try to fix this problem of having all these characters who were Robin in a short time span, they just make it worse. That's what just always keep, happens when they try to explain They continuity. keep digging a hole deeper. It's where like it's explaining less, less time travel, explaining well, how time do, travel do you, works. Just do it. Do you remember when, when Spider-Man um, had like three jobs and he was Spider-Man yes. and he was still married? Yes. And, and Marvel's explanation to everybody was just, just deal with it. Yeah. And I think that that was the best thing. And then they went That's against That's always the, the best. They went best. against their own advice when they went and did... Um, I guess one more day, whatever it was that like they went to. Exp- no, the one that came after one more day, but Brand between day. no, between them there was a uh, <laughs> a thing where they went to explain everything and and that last day. week. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, d- bright uh, new day before noon on Sundays. I think it was called. <laughs> anyway, Tuesdays with Maury. So, um, they basically, you know, Tim Drake is a high functioning <laughs> teenager who who excels at, at gymnastics. He's he's an, he's an early Olympian candidate. He's a genius and. He's, he kind of decides to figure out who Batman is just for kicks. And the, one, the only thing I did like is that he doesn't succe- succeed in figuring out Batman's identity. Because to me, as an adult, the only thing that didn't make sense about The Only Place of Dying was this, this 10-year-old kid figuring out Bruce Wayne's, Bruce Wayne's Batman when no one else could. But I like that. Um, it's, just, it's just silly. The idea that they make him Red Robin so he's not really a Robin is dumb because he basically functions as Robin wearing an old Robin costume. No, in this. He, he's red, though. It doesn't change the, the 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 time problem. It just gives them a different name. It's stupid. So, God, just they just they just. Well, do they in the the time problem is this like parallel to Batman and Jason or? No, Jason has died. Oh come on! And and in order to <laughs> what's order, the point? Then? In order to honor Jason's death, he doesn't want to be called Robin. He'll just be called Red Robin, wearing a Robin costume, being Batman's partner. It doesn't make any sense. It's- it does nothing to solve the problem. No. It just it creates more problems. <laughs> so yeah, that was a disaster. That's, that's pretty standard. Justice League Dark, Josh. Uh, Justice League Dark uh, is basically the DC origin of John Constantine, mm-hmm. and it was awful. I loved it. I, I no no uh, let me let me rephrase. 
it was done just fine. But this is the problem that I've had ever since they brought him in here. Like, I hated how clean it was. I hated that 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 he had to come to New York to meet people when he's a quintessentially British character. I hate that this guy was wearing the, the, the trench coat, and that's where he got it, and he picked it up. Because now he's not an original character. He's picking up the, the you know, the what somebody else left behind and, and yeah, I didn't see that way. I saw, I saw it as the beginning of Indiana Jones and the last crusade where he had a, he had a, somebody looked up to and he took on the, the tropes of that person when that person was no uh, longer. I just, I don't like that. It, it, it all fit together like a puzzle like that. And that he's not, now he's not his own character anymore. He's living in somebody else's legacy, which isn't what he is to me. I really thought I don't think it was badly written. I don't think that I I think Lemire for being a guy who's not from uh, Britain did really pretty good dialogue. Uh, I really like the art, but I just I didn't like how clean it was. It just didn't feel. You don't right think of Hellblazer as a legacy? It's, yeah, Hellblazer, but it wasn't a legacy. It was only just a jacket. But that's it. And the other guy like lit a cigarette and was wearing the jacket and the tie. I mean, he basically took on this guy's persona. John didn't look like that at the beginning. I don't know. The very first scene, the very first time you see him on the first page, he's lighting a cigarette at the airport. I mean, it's not I like know, it's just a jacket. His, I know, but I, uh, this is my. I'm a. I'm a longtime fan of the character, and this is a different version of it, and it's not working for me as well. It's. It's very much a, a, a streamlined version of it that I that doesn't have the attractiveness of what the other one does. It loses some of the aspects of it. I suppose. Yeah, for me, making making a PG thirteen John Constantine is not. I don't know. It's. I don't think it's worth doing. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it's, as long as I don't have to think about that part of it, I can kind of read him, drop in. He's a really great character for the DCU in terms of, like, you can kind of put him in everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he just can show up somewhere, and he's, I don't want to say Loki, but he's, like, a bit of chaos, you know, that, that shows up in there, and I really like that. Um, well, do you think he's, like, DC's new Punisher? You know, where there's two different versions of him, and Yeah, he's, that's basically chaos. Yeah, yeah I suppose. He's a Max version and a DC and a yeah. Marvel universe. Yeah. Uh, what else do we want to talk about for the Zero Issues? Uh, Red Flash, it was fine. It looked really pretty, but I don't really care too much about it, which is what everyone's been saying. Firestorm, I read just because. And I think it's really interesting the difference between uh, Yulere Sinar's work in this book as opposed to the sketches that I see him put up. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, mm-hmm. very, very different. Um, I thought it was interesting here that they got rid of everything that had been done before, and of course they're explaining it. And now they've basically gone back to what is the original costume, I think, more or less. I don't know. I haven't been. I haven't been reading. It doesn't. It doesn't. Don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't bad. It was just very. Is it still too? It's now they're teen guys. Yes, but now they are functioning in the old style where uh, Ronnie. Uh, is the is the head? He's the Professor Stein, right? And okay. and Jason is the body. So it works. so they're fighting with each other in their own mind if they touch each other. Then I remember when they story. when they first announced this as a new Fifty Two title, and they were talking about it's going to have this like Green Lantern level mythology and stuff no, like no, that. That's a bad idea. You know, it seems like they've backtreaded on I, that. I mean, the thing is, it's a really interesting concept, but it's incredibly abstract too. Like there's a guy who exists in your mind and he's not a thing yeah. and and they and the thing is Firestorm is ostensibly the he's one of those powerful characters that could be he can do anything he transmutes matter inorganic matter yeah well okay well that's that's he can't turn you into mushrooms and let us or marshmallows and let us all eat you right see you just my wrote a story qu- my question for <laughs> Aquaman Zero is why are they so afraid of the Quint esque mutton chops they first had in the, in the in the promo image of Aquaman way back a year ago. The, oh, yeah, yeah. This was the perfect time to bring back mutton chops, and he was nowhere to be found. In this I'm issue. telling you, sharks really made a big impact in comics this week. It did. Um, and they're huge sharks. Huge deep water sharks. This was I, fine. It was fine. It was fine. I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't think of anything else. Dark Knight was okay. Batman Incorporated was fine. You know? Those are highlights, I think. Thank God Arthur so, was able to find that guy who knew everything. <laughs> so just very quickly, now that we're at the, the end of the zero-issue month, what were the strongest ones? Oh, jeez, Paul, I don't know. I know that I've read okay. a lot of them. Last week had most of the strong ones. I got to say, I, I don't think that there were a ton of super strong ones, but there were a bunch that were kind of – for me, it was there were a bunch of issues that were kind of fun to read. Like in mm-hmm. a non – like now I'm going to read this series forever kind of way give me some proper nouns i'm i can't remember any so that if that tells you what i'm saying <laughs> wonder woman was interesting batman wonder woman interesting. amethyst batman mm-hmm. uh, sort of sorcery ba- uh, batman amethyst is that how we're saying it she's a she's a she's a amethyst amethyst yeah she's a theist though 
I okay. wanted to like uh-huh. Batman Incorporated a lot, and I thought it looked really cool, but uh, it was just a sort of sh- bunch of short stuff, and I was like, I don't remember who all these people are or how it goes together. All right, let's move on to Happy, number one, the new image book from Grant Morrison and Derek Robertson, and uh, this was okay. I liked it. I, 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 I liked it. I didn't love it. It was a lot of setup. I need issue two before yeah. I can make like a, a hard, you know. I, I, the, the, the characters are not terribly well-rounded yet, so I don't care yet. Right. Um, it's, I, it's intriguing enough to want to read two. Absolutely. That's, and that's and for me, the story is, hey, this doesn't actually feel very much like Grant Morrison yet, which I think is pretty I was going to say that. Um, if, you didn't, if you didn't tell me that it was a Grant Morrison book, I might not have known it. Because he's not like a super sweary writer guy. Like it's not, right. it's not a thing that he normally does. Um, but he is here. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, and uh, for me, the story here was that uh, look at look at welcome back to Eric Robertson. Yeah, um, just a really good looking uh, version of his art. Uh, he, 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 I've seen inking on him, his own inking of himself, sort of wildly change what what his stuff looks like. Uh, but I dug this. I really like the colors of sort of when that blue comes in, and the opening shot with all the snow. I thought it looked really nice. The uh, people may be wondering why we're not talking about the story. I don't really know what it is. Yet. <laughs> yeah, that's actually it's a it's a it's a gangster or like a hitman, former cop, who, hitman. former cop who hires two other hitmen, more low-life hitmen, to come and kill him, but it's just a ruse so he can get them into his house so he can kill them and collect their bounty, or at least take them out. And at some, and he gets injured, and at some point he starts hallucinating or seeing a tiny blue flying horse cartoon thing. And um, he ends up in the hospital, I guess, and they're going after him. Uh, sure. It's actually a very a different thing for Grant Morrison. Which I like. I like yeah, he's I do too. flexing yes. his muscles and doing something completely different. Um, but yeah. we need issue two to really... Is it, is make, it, is it six issues? Is it four? Better be six. I can't that's stop looking at that little donkey horse thing. It's weird. It's so different than everything else that's going on there. It really is visually impactful. All I right, so Josh, we have a new president issues. in Ultimates number 16. Can I just say I love this? Like it's funny because two issues ago you weren't reading this book and now you're back on. I totally am. I was like, you're going to make Captain America. Because what I think Sam Humphreys is doing correctly, um, and I haven't read everything of the Ultimates, the thing that Mark Miller did correctly when he did it was he made it huge and stupid. Mm-hmm. And stupid in the best way in that like it's just like it doesn't make any sense. You're president now. Okay. It's almost like an adult version of Axe Cop. I mean it's it's <laughs> it's just wacky and and uh hyperbolic. The, for a while Ultimates was all about having the best artist on it and it is not anymore. Um <laughs> and I don't feel as if that actually he's he's not letting that hamper him because he's making Is it Billy Tan? It was Billy Tan in the last one, and it wasn't horrible, but it was, you know, it's Billy Tan. And this one was Luke Ross, but it was very, um, like, Luke Ross used to do Jonah Hex a long time. He's been around a lot, but yeah. it was very um, sort of watered down. It was very plain, I guess. Uh, so what happens when Cap is given the presidency? He just flies all over the place, and, and he, he doesn't take shit. He's, he's got a jet. They, put, they, they took the tracking devices out of it. They painted some shields on the side, and he's just basically America splintered apart, and he's, he's going, he's... He's he's forcing truces on everybody by threatening violence from Norse gods and Iron Man. You're going to agree to this truce or we're going to come back and you're going to be sorry. Okay. He flies (laughs) to the next place and does it again. And so like everybody in Congress is is trying to be like, you you can't do that. You don't have the authority. He's like, I do too. I'm the president. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just a ton of fun. Uh, You know, like it does sound fun. It is. It's over the top in sort of the best way. Like they're just check that issue out. Yeah, it's fun. You can you can read 16 without bothering with with 15. I'm sure you will. The I think the crowd favorite this week was Wolverine the X Men number 17. Yeah. First non-AVX crossover in a long time. Uh, a one-shot tale starring Dupe featuring the art of Mike Allred and Laura Allred, the people who did Ecstatics, who, which, which Dupe was a uh, big part of in this issue. We find out why exactly Dupe's been hanging around the uh, school and what his role is in a series of vignettes. Do we? Which, yeah. yeah. His, his role is to suss out threats yeah. against the school like, before, yeah. they are, before they He's come the fixer. about. Yeah. Um, I thought this was very funny. I, I, th- I thought so too. This might be my pick. It was just fun. It yeah. was. Um, it was. I even read if this. people don't know what Dupe is, he's like a pickle tato. He looks like Slimer. Slimer from Ghostbusters. He does. He does look like there's there's the scene where he's like um, swallowing up the bowling balls from the 
Nazi yeah. League of Bowlers um, and then spitting them out again was very Slimer. My favorite um, image was him sitting at the school board meeting in the trench coat and fedora. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was a really fun issue, and I think uh, we've always we've said that we we mostly talk about Jason Aaron for his his grim grim yeah. sad stories, but he's really funny, and this is actually his sense of humor coming through big time. Yeah, it was it was just weird how there's just a bunch of vignettes almost like there's tons of funny ideas. He sleeps with the with the one woman from the school board in in one in the two panels, and the next panel he sleeps with the dude from the (laughs) while dressed in a French maid. Dressed up as a French maid, yeah. (laughs) I like that the threats range from serious to completely trivial, like a school board having problems with them. It's the kill. I don't He goes back in time to save what is it, Josiah Xavier, yeah. and it turns up in in his uh, in his diary or his journal that they're reading in a class, and you see him outside with arrows stuck in him and a coonskin cap. <laughs> it's just very funny. It was wacky, uh, and I know Josh is the biggest fan of all red, but I thought his his was really appropriate for this. Yeah, it, it is. It is appropriate for this. It, it totally works for that. And a Howard the Duck cameo. If you're a Howard the Duck, yeah, fan. I was I was impressed enough with that. It was almost there was so much stuff it was almost hard to keep track. I was like, did I miss yeah. something? Sexual dynamo. And then you just learn to go with it. Mm. Yeah, he really is, and it doesn't matter who or what. <laughs> it's like a great one shot, and I love the the opening where the, you would usually have the recap, and it says, you know, previously in Wolverine and the X Men, a lot of things happened, but don't worry, you're pretty little head about it. it I loved matter. it. That was exactly yeah. the right thing. I read that, and I was like, oh, this is for me, and I don't have to care. That's perfect. Right. Uh, it uh, it was great. I thought this was great on every level. This is this is a, epitomizes why this book is so much fun because he, he allows it to be a comedy when when it needs to be. It's funny because this is the kind of thing I feel like it's going to be polarizing, but I, I guess I don't give the audience enough credit. I think people who have been along the ride this long realize what the book is and what it is, and it's a, it's mostly a comedy. I'm and sure it's there cool are that it's such a high profile book too. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think of this kind of you know. Non sequitur. I think it started as sort of a mix, and it sort of yeah. morphed into a comedy with with some bits of action and drama. But mostly, it's about it's funny, um, which just sort of happens slowly. In the meantime, if you're a fan of media like the three of us are, if you have it on your iPads and your iPhones and your TVs and all kinds of things, your computers, you should get the C-Flex, the Seagate GoFlex satellite. It's the only wireless portable hard drive that streams your content to your iPad and up to eight other devices. It's got a 500 gigabyte hard drive, Wi-Fi access, and a rechargeable battery. The CS satellite can carry your entire library of video, music, pictures, and documents to be shared in your iPad or Android tablet via the free GoFlex media app or your web browser. You can check it all out by heading to HTTPTPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPP
but um, I finished it, and it it wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Just the end of the arc? I think so. It felt like it. I may have just been a mini series. What about Skull Kickers? This was a really interesting. Every once in a while, they do a Tales from the Tavern series, uh, which oh, yeah. is which is like a like they have other people come in and write stories in this little universe. And I'm not actually reading the um, ongoing anymore. Uh, it, well, let's say it wasn't for me. Um, and the, in this one, there's actually a bunch of uh, guest uh, guest writers. Uh, Blair Butler does a story in here, um, and Charles Soule, who were both on a show with me talking about comics at one point. So that was interesting to see them both in here. Um, there's just a bunch of fun little stories, uh, and it was really fun to see what people would do in four or five pages in this sort of, I don't want to say, yeah, sword and sorcery world where sort of anything can happen. Uh, I thought that the I thought I thought the Blair story is actually really good, and it was really well done. Um, and uh, I had fun. I had fun with it. So if you fell off and were thinking about checking it out, this is a really neat little uh, anthology that sort of takes place in this world. Um, and and what, what's fun about it is seeing the inventiveness of of you know what these people can do who are not normally the writers on this, and you sort of with anything they can do. Um, so it's worth checking out, picking up. A lot of, oh, there's a Layman and Guillory story in there too, and it's clearly them. Um, so it's kind of fun. Popeye. Okay, now now sit right back. We're going to talk about some Popeye. I love this book. Uh, IDW is releasing new Popeye stories by Roger Langridge, and the artist is um, Bruce Ozella. And then also there's also a classic Popeye book that they're also doing. They're indistinguishable from each other because what Langridge and Ozella are doing looks exactly like what Seeger uh, did uh, back in the day. And I have like the first big collection of that, and it's like – boogie board size hardcover and it's just they're they're fun light stories and i i I love throwing this in the mix of all my you know really heavy superhero books and and things like that so in this one um popeye's uh you know adopted son uh baby uh sweet pea who's ostensibly uh maggie from the simpsons but as a boy um smarter than everyone else um but doesn't talk um, wanders over the wrong side of the tracks, and it's literally the wrong side of the train tracks. And uh, our other favorite uh, literary uh, archetype is in here, the street tough. There nice. are street toughs in this book. And do you think that they're wearing they, headbands? They, what flavor? The, Dickensian? The, um, like, like 30s, like Mickey Rooney kind of street nice. tough. Nice. Nice. Um, they've got the the jughead like crown hat. Oh, that's good. Um, and the the shorts and stuff and okay, a sweater not, vest. Oh, that. Ooh. Okay. No, yeah. not suit jackets though. Not suit jackets. No. Uh, like cabbie hats and and stuff like that. Sweet. And, uh, these. So so you got these street toughs surrounding Sweet Pea um, while Popeye's out looking for him, and you think they're gonna beat him up, but he ends up being a really good fighter. This baby. So uh, they sort of ad- adopt him into their gang. And um, it's kind of it's kind of great, and uh, a lot of fun. You know, if you and bring a baby to a gang fight, uh, it tends to really throw off the other side. It's true, it's true. I I, yeah. I gotta say, Popeye's weird. Just it is weird. It's very strange. It's it's, it's odd, and we would we don't you know we only get stuff like this in the in the darkest recesses of indie cartooning now. But this was like a huge thing for the time, and that's really interesting. Yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, love Popeye growing up. Yeah. Popeye was one of my favorites. Even then, I was. Like, I love I think this the. Is weird. I love the dialogue in here. Like if you if you follow Popeye's, just the way he says certain words. Like instead of saying orphan, he says like orphink, and um, it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, so I, I recommend this to anyone who needs something light and funny. And I'm just I'm just amazed because if you hold this up to the old comics, it looks exactly the same. So uh, it's, I okay. like having the light books to throw yeah. in the middle of. It. I like that's why I like reading all the DC animated stuff because it's just it's it's a nice palate cleanser from all the very serious business going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, now now I see that profit number twenty nine is next on here. And Paul, what I want to know is, are you going to say anything other than it was weird? <laughs> we, we, whenever we talk about profit, um, it's always to say this is really strange and I don't know exactly what's going on, but it's great. Just just go with it. Just go with it. We're gonna do we're gonna um, do that again, time, aren't we? I'm going to no. I'm going to talk about. Um, well, I have, I have I have two points. There are some double page spreads in here, um, and the artist on this one is Dalrymple, right? Yeah, it's Farrell Dalrymple. And there's some double page spreads in here that are like the hellscapes of uh, Holonius Bosch. So mm-hmm. there you go, some art history for you. Um, just really weird, surreal, scary, like 
pages of war and there's a there's this two-page spread towards the beginning and it's it's many parsecs later the calm of space broken by the insanity that is the extano circus and it's this expansive space with starships and weird aliens floating around outside of them attacking each other and one of the spaceships because there are always these like aliens that can operate in the vacuum of space fighting and they live and die in this never-ending war because they're always out there the spaceships have to sort of give them like food and nutrients and so one of the starships has a little square opening and there's a boob coming out of it so it's got like this nipple to nurse the little aliens out in space and it's just this one tiny little element that i noticed out of this big, really busy kind of action sequence. And like there's spikes and tentacles coming out of this ship, but then there's just, it's, it's a creativity like that is why I love this book. Yeah. It's just full of these weird details and, um, I I got stuff seem weird, but it's, it's just so uh, imaginative and, um, it's always exciting. Now the Punisher 16, Closes out Rucka's story about the uh, Lady Punisher, for lack of a better term, uh, uh, Sergeant Cole, um, which will – there will be a little bit more Punisher from Rucka through Punisher Warzone miniseries and then he'll be done with that. But this basically ends – this is basically chapter 16 of his story. So so it was a bad call to jump on with the last issue. Yes. This was the last (laughs) issue of the story. So if you you just read this one, you might be – I read this one and the last one. I mean I I, I followed it. I actually really liked it. Go ahead. You can – yeah, no, I mean, that's basically what I wanted to say. It was the final issue. This was a great 16-issue run. If they collected all one book, I'll definitely buy it. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful story. Yeah, I got to say that I think that uh, Marco Cicchetto made uh, incredible strides in the art. And I think also not just him, but sort of how they produced it. I feel like mm-hmm. this, like they sort of simplified the coloring and sort of, sort of made it look a little cleaner yeah. uh, by this point. And, I, and it worked a lot better for me like that because I didn't like the art at first. Yeah, so if you... If you all like Ruck, I suggest you go back or, or look for it if it comes out because it was a great 16-issue story. One, just really wonderful. There will be blood. Um, so that is all that we have to say about the books of the week, um, but we always like to check in with the uh, iFanboy community and see what you guys think. Um, so we're going to read through the top five picks of the week uh, by percentage uh, as of the time of recording. Probably a little bit different when you hear this. Um, Connor, go through them. Can you, I, I just, just want to hear you stumble on this stuff again. Number five, Aquaman Zero with 4.5%. Number four was Journey to Mystery 644 with 4.6%. Very, very close between four and five. Uh, number three was Fury Max. Number six was 6.3%, the iPhone pick of the week. Number two was Happy, number one, with 23.1%. And number one, the fan favorite, but not by a lot, Wolverine and the X-Men, number 17, with 29.4%. It's a nice spread. It's a it nice a spread. spread. I really hope people bet money on this kind of stuff. I hope so, but it, it always changes, so I, they have to. Tell us your stories. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Gabaret of uh, said of Amazing Spider-Man number 694 gave the story a 2 out of 5 and gave the art a 3 out of 5, and the pick of the week percentage was just under 1%. He said, the Alpha storyline is over, and it goes out with a whimper rather than a bang. At the start of this arc, it appeared that Alpha would be a mainstay in the Spideyverse, but given events here, that seems unlikely. The resolution of the Alpha situation is way too fast and way too deus ex machina we are constantly told that alpha is dangerous and that he's spidey's sidekick but these two things are never obvious instead of dealing with the main threat in the issue spider-man spends his time where else saving aunt may i've seen this routine before i'm just glad i'm not reading spider-man right now i yeah none none of this sounds appealing to me yeah i've heard that i've heard that but i think that there's a there's a, a a type of fan there's a bunch of people who are enjoying it like it's their thing so although alpha seems to be very divisive but yeah well that's yeah. sometimes that's a good thing uh, Winter Soldier number one was reviewed by BLK Assassin 106, and he said he gave the story a three out of five, and the art a four out of five. And at the time of recording, nobody made this their pick of the week, although it was very good. Uh, BLK Assassin 106 says this issue was very good, but not very much happened. What makes this issue good is that Bucky is frustrated that he cannot catch up with Novikov, and he's been a step or two behind him the entire arc. And the readers also begin to get frustrated because there's nothing going on, but a lot of conversation between Winter Soldier and Hawkeye. When there's a fight in the middle of this issue, you feel like a little better because, as Winter Soldier says, I'm just glad to punch something. Which guys continues to do a good job on art, and his panel layouts get interesting on a, lot, on a few pages. Um, the, this is great. I think this, 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 this Punisher and Winter Soldier, Josh, the two books you missed I out on. I'm reading them. Um, this has been wonderful. I'm, I'm, back, I'm back on and reading this. And there was, there was Hawkeye flying around talking to Bucky. I'm, I'm cool with that, dude. 
Brubaker does a great Hawkeye Bucky conversation. Yeah, he does. I like those two a lot. I did a short story just for fun based on that, I think. I don't know if they were ever together. They must have been, though. That's must have been where I got it. So those are the user reviews. You can go to fanboy.com slash comics. You make your pull list. You can rate and review your books. And if the reviews are good and they're about books we're not talking about in the main segment, they'll get them, they'll get them the show. Keep that in mind when doing your, your reviews. Hey, so you know the New York Comic Con is coming up? Connor, were you aware of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking aware of it. <laughs> I want to. I want to point out that he's not saying that because of the sponsor. He just doesn't. No, like no, it. just because I. He doesn't like to travel. It's too soon. <laughs> it's I have dead. lots of things to do between now and then. Uh, October 11th through 14th at the Javits Center in New York City. Comic guests include Brian K. Vaughn, Rick Remender, Jeff Johns, Ivan Reese, or Rice. I don't know. Jonathan Hickman, Mark Wade, Kieran Gillen, Mike Mignola, Scott Snyder, and many, many, many more. Entertainment guests, the people who are not necessarily comics, but somehow are deemed to fit appropriate for autograph and uh, pop culture type people are Bill Paxton, whoa, Adam West, uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I don't know if I could meet Adam West. I think I'd have to keep a wide berth. I just, I'm just thinking of Christopher Lloyd saying that line. What <laughs> does yellow oh, light me. <laughs> There's a taxi joke for those of you not following along. Elmo's going to be there and the large black man who talks for him, which we, who we all know because of that documentary, uh, whose name I can't remember. Sorry. Uh, David Wayne, uh, Rob Corddry, Paul Shear. More of a Nate Corddry guy. <laughs> John Stewart made a great joke about that once. Uh, and Sean Astin, who would like to have potatoes with you. And then, oddly enough, Ben Folds 5 is playing a kickoff game. <laughs> It's just the weirdest thing. It's playing a kickoff concert for those of you who have VIP and four-day ticket holders uh, on Thursday, October 11th. Uh, there are tickets available. Four-day passes are $85. Three-day passes are $65 until October 8th. So hurry up and buy now. There's not an unlimited quantity of those. Single-day tickets are also still available. You can go to NewYorkComicCon.com to buy tickets and the full details on the show. We are going to be there. Uh, everybody you're listening to right now and more, it's going to be a really fun time. I haven't been back to the town in a while. Uh, Connor's making making a hometown reunion. Uh, we're going to have a party. Look up on the website yeah. uh, for details go to about that. Look in the buzz bar, the buzzable bar, and you'll see a post about New York Comic Con, which includes the location of our table on the con floor. It includes the information about the panel that Ron is moderating, and it includes the information about our party, which will be Friday night in the same location as last year. If you went last year, you'll remember how crowded it was. So come early. So uh, if you want to, if you want to know about New York Comic Con, go to fmy.com. All the information is there, right at the top of the page. I, I'm, I'm, I've got my my underwear laid out. Nice, nice. The ones your mother picked out for you. Yep. <laughs> That's a Seinfeld joke. <laughs> no, that's right. Um. <laughs> Let's, let's. She has an eye those, for colors. Those are the kind of Seinfeld references I want to use. A lot of people go for the obvious ones, but not me. Oh God, that was that's you pulled that one from way back. So let's it's, do a couple I, of emails. It's it's there, man, all the time, just like the Hulk. Drew wrote in and says, "I'm remembering hearing Joe Hill speak about the whole creator compensation for movies and what not." He, what not. He brought up how Iron Man 3 is based on Warren Ellis' extremist arc, and Hill said that Ellis won't get a dime of any of it because it was a work-for-hire job. Now, this leads me to my question. The new Captain America movie subtitle is Winter Soldier. Now, the whole Bucky Winter Soldier thing came into cap lore by Ed Brubaker, as, as we know. We do. So if Brubaker was, has signed an exclusive contract by Marvel, does that change things? Will he get any compensation for the movie? Because, and even though Brubaker used Bucky, who already existed, he did create the Winter Soldier character. And since he created that person, does that mean he's going to get compensation? P.S. I know this is all speculation that will be in the new Cat movie plot-wise. We're just speaking hypothetically. Okay. Uh, speaking hypothetically, well, the unhypothetical part is that uh, we don't know. We have no way of knowing. We probably never will know unless these people come. I don't want to know. For uh, That's true. Uh, the way that it works, though, is that everybody has a different contract. Um, and it depends on how that contract was for that creator on that character. Um, it does happen sometimes. And the company too. Yeah. DC used to give out exactly. This is what I was going money money to creators for stuff appeared in movies. This St was the Paul Levitz era. I don't know if they still do it. I don't. I don't know. There was but. stuff in Batman Begins. Uh, I know that was taken from uh, stuff Chuck Dixon did. Just little things here and there. And I remember reading like he said he got a check for like six thousand dollars once or something like that. And other people get very less. Some people create things for Marvel or somebody and. And they, you know, they make a movie and they never get anything from it and they end up in court. So it's very individual uh, and it's also very private. So there's no way. But it's definitely not an either or thing. You can't say, you know, Ellis won't won't get a dime for it because, I mean, he might know specifically, but that's not necessarily going to be the case. Um, basically. Yeah. Uh, and also, the, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say that it's necessarily beneficial for somebody uh, from terms of exposure. But 
it's not going to help Ed. Bru- it's not going to hurt Ed Brubaker's screenwriting career if Captain America: Winter Soldier comes out and does really well, and he can go in and pitch like, "Well, that was that was actually my story that I did." Um, so he may not get money for that. He might. I don't know, but you know, it's it's kind of good for your rep uh, in another way. Uh, maybe. Plot points for the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're they're taking plot. his story out, that gives you. A no, no, no. Bit. I'm saying, what are the plot points that are going to be? Yes, what the plot points are. Oh, be. yeah, yeah. And that's his second spec. We have no idea. Um. I, I can tell you for one thing, Cap is going to sprinkle some of Phil Coulson's ashes on the Danube. You know that. Really? I know that. It, well, you should. I've read early drafts mm-hmm. that I have written. <laughs> He's going to cry for half an They're hour. They're in a folder. It's yeah. a full half, half an hour. Of crying. I think it would be a nice moment. That's all I'm saying. Um, respect. I mean, it's, it's all pre- laid out there pretty damned well. You know, like that thing where cap sees bucky or thinks they sees bucky in the distance doing something it's like what and then he goes after him for the hunt i'm sure that's going to be what happens and the thing but, is though it doesn't matter as long as it's done well in the movie then it isn't going to matter what happened in the comics because the percentage of people who read those comics and know about them compared to the percentage of people it takes to make a successful movie it just doesn't matter you're saying the comics don't matter yep i am they don't exist after the movie i uh, yeah it's actually almost just exactly. making sure i'm just diagramming the that's sentence fine. that's all that's fine um okay. let's I'll read our next email Okay, um, from Anonymous. Hey, I fanboy. I have recently started to listen to your podcast, and I love every one of them. My question is, I want to be a comic book writer, but I have a few problems. I am a minor. That's with an O-R. Um, I'm only 15, but I have so many ideas that I think will be amazing. I want to know what comic company should I send a submission to. I ruled out Marvel, DC, and Image because there's no way I'm making it there. But I'm thinking about Dynamite, Boom Studios, or Dark Horse. Please use this. Thanks, anonymous. Uh, I just—he's uh, not a—he doesn't. There's there's no ore involved. He's a minor. He's a young person. He's, he's not, not fifty and working and dig out coal. I, he's yeah. He's not. You know. Right. This is in Harlan norm- County. This is normally the kind of question that I I would put on on um on my Make Comics podcast. And what I would say to you is to listen, like look up anything that says Make Comics or Making Comics on iFanboy. Um, it used to be Making, now it's Make. Uh, there's a ton of information there. Uh, there's no rules. There's all I sorts feel like of ways the era, to do it. though, when they allowed teenagers to write comics is over. It is. But the point being, you are only 15. And that's kind of what I wanted to get to. Dude, you haven't even started yet. And and it's okay. But the good news is that you've got, you've all got just three days. Sorry, I started doing Greg Eric and Russ. Um, no, um, the good news is that you have enough time to figure it out. Uh, and to practice. Because that's what you need to do more than anything. Is you need to practice. You need to read and you need to write all the time. If you don't get your foot in there for another 10 years, you're still way the fuck ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, and and don't worry don't worry about submissions because no one's going no one, listen to me. No one is going to publish you unless you've had comics made. So get comics made. And it might take you a really long time to get them done and it might take you even longer to get them done well. Or but, create a very successful television show that also does should help. should he or she do maybe consider comics online like publishing online before it's, printing something or that's that's an option um that's definitely a thing but you've got to make some comics before you know how to do it uh you're, you're not going to get published without having <laughs> you're not going to get published without having been published I mean, that's the, that's, that, the, that's the irony of it is you can't publish comics till you've compu- until you've published a comic. Uh, so. But the thing is, I think you also need to understand. You need to research how this actually works. You you can't submit to Marvel and DC. They they don't accept them, so it doesn't really matter. Um, image is a different thing. Image, you make a comic book and you take it to them and you say, "Will you publish this?" And they'll say yes or no. Uh, if you're out of blue, most likely the chances are they're going to say no. But if it's really really good and maybe you are a savant genius, uh, that will happen. But you know, you're really young and you have a lot of time to learn about how the industry works. So do your homework. Uh, but more than that, get get creating and, and, and do it hard and do it good and keep doing it and don't be satisfied. Do it hard. Wait a minute. This person is listed as anonymous. Did you just create this email just to plug your no, show? No, there, there was actually a name in the email, but he'd signed okay. it anonymous, so I decided not to tell him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Josh because he will find a way to get make comics into this show's fabric as much as possible. Oh, now it's just making me feel bad. No way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't have time to make them. So. This kid doesn't exist. Yeah, that's what I would do because I don't have enough other emails waiting. <laughs> Hundreds of them. All right. So those are the emails you can you can send us an email at contact@fanboy.com if you want to get it in the show. Uh, make it a good one because we like to read the good emails. Uh, you can listen to our Don't Miss podcast uh, this week. I'm going to be talking to Gabriel Hardman, pal. 
about Planet of the Apes Cataclysm number two. Uh, you can pick up one and two, um, but it's their their new series um, from Boom Studios. There's also the Make Comics podcast that we talked to that comes out on Wednesday. Don't miss us on Monday. These both have their own feed, so make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe to them. I finally saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes last week. It was great. It's great. I really enjoyed it. Yep. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I don't know if I need a sequel, but... Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, I quite I enjoyed that. Sorry. It was creepy. Every time you looked at the camera, yeah. Caesar, I was like, oh, stop. Oh, freaking me out. I, I reviewed that over on the Fuzzy Typewriter podcast, which I, I highly recommend. I remember that. Paul, why don't you give him a quick shout out to your podcast before we move on to the next one? Fuzzy Typewriter is a fun show where we talk about story, storytellers, art, and artists. Uh, recently, we talked about uh, Borderlands and um, weird UK crime shows. We did a grab bag show just recently. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking about the most recent season of Doctor Who. Uh, we're going to be talking about Seven Samurai coming up, all different topics. It's, it's fun. We keep it interesting. So Cannot escape out. Doctor Who as hard as I try. Doc, Paul and I also talked about The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 along with Ryan Hopp and Chris Neesman, the fabled fanboy animation brain trust. Uh, we did actually an extra long episode because there's a lot to talk about in this, in this it, show. Is, and, and this just goes for the first two issues? It's the first two, yes. It's basically right. up through the mutant story. And huh. then uh, it ends with him defeating the mutants and the Joker waking up. I, so uh, Let me ask you this. One, should I watch it? I really enjoyed it, Paul. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was, thought it was the best one. And it's really interesting what they do with it. Uh, but uh, great lively discussion, I thought. One of the better discussions yeah. based on this because one of the people in the brain trust really was not happy. And I'll let you guess who, because it wasn't Paul and I. We just admitted we liked it. So you can you can read my text review on the site as well. Was it the yeah. only person who was old enough to have been buying the issues and been old and been maybe really actually old enough to buy them at the time? Maybe. And the, the people who are like that sometimes do not like seeing that revisited in, in any different way. Maybe That's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, so you can check that out on the podcast feed behind this show, or you can go to fanboy.com straight away and stream it from there. Unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case you'd have to search for it. It's a pain in the ass. Just look for it in the, on the iTunes feed or wherever it is you listen to the show. It'll be behind this one. It's good stuff. Uh, and uh, you can uh, check out ifanboy.com like he said uh, you can read the pick of the week review that I wrote and all the other stuff that's Who going on. the book on. of the month review? I think I do. Oh, it's next week. Is, uh, yeah, but it's not this Monday. It's next Monday. So kick that can down the road, baby. That's <laughs> that's my social security issue um, and all the stuff that's going on there. All the script bombs from last week are in here. And you bombed yourself? <laughs> no, I didn't. I just keep seeing them. I, I think I'm going to stop because now it doesn't work. It's underlined anymore. in red. Yeah, that also doesn't help. Uh, go to ifan.com about. You can see who, who we is uh, and the various people on the staff uh, and all the social networking links that you can use to ask us awkward questions. <laughs> on the internet really inappropriate yeah that actually yeah that, you're not kidding uh follow us on twitter.com slash ifanboy and you can make sure that you don't miss any of the stuff that we've got going on breaking news and exclusive covers um <laughs> that wasn't it wasn't the movie stills to, yeah we have movie stills we got all that stuff uh and you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy if that's more your flavor um uh, and then, of course, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can send us a voicemail at 888fanboys, which is 3262697 with any questions or stuff you have. Um, or maybe a print job is done and you've called us because that's the only number you had. Maybe <laughs> that what happened? That did happen. I had to send that to the person who's not here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, oh, I see what you're talking about. Okay. So, Paul, you're next. Sorry. Oh, I'm the copyright symbol? That's supposed to represent no, I, me. I forgot to change. If Ron's you dig name. us, write us a review in iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to a bad word. Podcast <laughs> spread the uh, the iFanboy spunk is what it Wait, says. You know what? It doesn't sound dirty the way you say file. it. It just sounds um, like we're spunky. I'd like to point out that you skipped the middle section, Paul. No, no, I did that. You did it. I wasn't paying attention. I know you were. I was with you. I know. I, I took over the one that was supposed to go to Ron, and then I did the one that I was supposed to. I sort of gave you the day off. He's J. I'm copyright symbol. That's not my fault. That's an autocorrect that the computer does. I can't stop it from doing that. Okay. This is it this is, is way it is your inside. fault. But there's no P on here though. Oh, that's totally my fault. But that's the uh, I I would point out I almost made it all the way through a script without making a mistake. Did you type this text file in like an old typewriter with like a missing letter or something? I or like do have a little app uh, that I think Ron sent that makes my makes Mac typewriter, book, that typewriter sound. And I was downstairs typing something at one point. I put it on and I find it charming. <laughs> you, can, you can feel like Jessica Fletcher. And Lindsay right? upstairs is like, will you please shut that off? <laughs> like she could hear it through the walls. And I was like, uh-huh. And then I didn't. She's like, I'm not kidding. Shut it off. I can't even turn it on for a second. Did you 
could it go through like, through your headphones and just like, listen, listen when I hit return, ding, and then it makes me want to eat corn on the cob. It's awesome. That is very cool. So in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna investigate this app for everyone in our fanboy staff, and uh, we'll get back to you next week about the new comics. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm Josh. Good. Have a lovely week. Now I was gonna say ding. weekend, but it's over. Ding. Actually, let me see if I can. Ding. Oh no, I have headphones on. You won't hear it. I don't. I don't know how things. Yeah, oh, like me. Slow down.